Welcome, everybody, to the finale episode of the OnlyFans Football Podcast, where we talk about this week, Cran, every final that's after happened in the past one, and I know there's been a lot of them, but we, we really focused on the Champions League final, of course, which happened on Saturday, the playoff final between Forest and Huddersfield, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League as well. We also finished off our ultimate OnlyFans Football Podcast, Premier League 11 of all time. We picked our two strikers. The team in full is to be revealed on this week's show, so be sure to listen to it. We also had a music-themed Hall of Fame for our final Hall of Fame. Yes, I said music because we are two spoofers at the end of the day. But yes, be sure to listen to our top five moments as well of the season, which we discussed in detail, which gives you a real feel of what the podcast was like to make this year. But we do really appreciate all the support. Be sure to tune in on Spotify, follow our Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, on YouTube and yeah enjoy the show enjoy the last show baby <laughs> I spend these senses tell me this is gonna get fucking tasty baby I will love it if we beat them love it there's a slice of cheese when it goes yeah it's topless. I have a dream Arnie cut Bartler and the fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goop, lad. He has the goop, lad. Get out! Get out, man! You ain't got... We're Let me add a little bit of... Spice to that. Is that your fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stoke were that good. Welcome everybody to the OnlyFans Football Podcast, episode 33. 33, yeah. The finale. The finale. Has a lot to live up to. It's not going to be as bad as Game of Thrones finale. Which I don't even know. I just remember people giving out to think about it. It's not going to be as bad as that. But it won't be as good as Breaking Bad's finale, for example. How, how did they fuck it up so much, Eddie? I don't know. How, I think, do you know what? I think they rushed it, Kieran. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But, in any ways, Kieran, to divert from this <laughs> shy talk of, of a series that I have yet to see. I'm probably, I don't really plan on watching it. Do you know what I plan on watching now soon, actually? Stranger Things. Because people are going mad about it. Is any use? It is great. Okay, well don't spoil it. But I haven't seen the new season yet. New so. season's supposed to be unbelievable. Yeah. But coming up, Cran, on this week's podcast, we have, of course, it's the finale. So we have to talk about all the finals that have happened recently. So we'll obviously, we'll start with the Champions League. We have the Europa League, Conference League, the playoff final, Kieran. Hope that's all right with you. Yeah. We have our, our last instalment of the ultimate OnlyFans football podcast, Premier League 11 of all time. The striker edition, which is probably, I think it's difficult and easy all at one time. Like, I think it's fairly obvious who's going to be in the top fives, but that remains to be seen. And lastly, Kieran, to unwind from the season that was in the finale, we're going to go through our top five moments of the season, Kieran, in a, let's say, like an anecdotal way. We're going to spoof our way through it because we both have a lot of stories to tell for the season that was, whether it be good or bad. And yeah, that is the finale episode, Kieran. So come here. <laughs> no, you're doing that on purpose now. What? Call me, Kieran. That's never happened before. What, Cran? Is it a big deal? I just, no, no, it's no. Just, it's just, I didn't mean it. I'm not consciously yeah, no, doing this stuff. I, I wasn't expecting it, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm not consciously it's saying it. It's a pleasant surprise. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kieran. So, <laughs> <laughs> Cran, in other words, how was your week that was? How was the week in Cran World? Incredibly long. Yeah. It was actually joking. <laughs> yeah. I've just been again, I think I said it last week, I have not stopped. I've just worked every day. Work, work. I work, feel work, like work. Uh, I feel like an American, a true American. Working <laughs> those double shifts, making those minimum wage dollars an hour. Shout out to Hulk Hogan. Shout out who's a real American. Shout out Apu from The Simpsons. He knows all about it. Oh, <laughs> the you know, the American has, dream. Yeah, you know, he has a proper franchise as well. Is he? Yeah, the quickie market. Where you have have any I haven't had any Rob Davis, you have him in a 
Skull in the point, Kieran. No. Very... <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. Yeah. Very tired. Yeah. Very, uh, uh, I think last night we were working, was it Brian Adams? Brian Adams, yeah. It was excellent. He was really good, actually. What was that song you were singing? Um, we were singing to each other. It's a love. It's Heaven. A, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Um, baby, you're all, all that, that I want. want. Yeah. When well, I'm lying here in oh, your room. I don't know you sang that. It is a I'm fine. It's hard to believe. That is a belter. I didn't know it either. We're in heaven. Yeah, no, he was very good actually, to be fair to him, was he? Known for the summer of 69, I think. Yeah. Which we're all going to experience this summer, alright? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Cran. The weekend, I, I, like you, you're like a broken record. I'm like a broken record. All I do is watch football. Really? I didn't know. Yeah. All I do is watch football. <laughs> Shut up. All I do is watch football. Do a few shifts in a bar and like that's literally my life. It's it's a quite incredibly sad life, especially when you consider there's no football on now for the summer. It's a I sad am, existence. I am. I tell you, I am grateful for the week for the couple of months off though. To be fair, yeah, from the football, uh, from um, the Premier League in particular. But um, I was in a tal on Friday for the Shells and Shamrock Rovers match. God bless you. And um, yeah, Shells have a bit of a break now for two weeks. The League of Ireland's broken up for two weeks. Thankfully, I think think we needed a bit of a rest, but um. Saturday came around, and as we'll get into now in a minute about Champions League, I found myself and Tommy O'Gara's. When I get really nervous, I, you know, I like to indulge in a bit of grub. Yeah. So we were sitting in Tommy's, and it was packed out now, in fairness, a good establishment in Stanley Bar. In fact, if no one's been, and I seen a, a group of women beside us got um, a ham and cheese toasty. And I didn't, do you know what? I was hungry, but I wasn't starving. So it was either a toasty or a pizza. And I was like, do you know what? I'll go with the toasty, a little, a little wet the lips, a little warm the. Warm the go, and it was a lovely ham and cheese toasty. It was cooked to perfection, nice and crispy was on the it outside. Toasty? It was toasty. A pint of Moretti to go with it, and it was absolutely delicious. The final came around, which we'll get onto in a bit. Um, ah. Ah. And um, then yeah, Sunday I watched the playoff final. Like I'm literally, it's like a horrible merry-go-round. Like I can't get over. But um, yeah, that was that was the weekend. That it's, was. It's it's very much I think with football at the end of the season anyway. I think this goes for everything, really. A job, a, a, a life, I suppose. <laughs> at right. the end of it all, you're kind of sick of it. Yeah, I mean... I kind of stopped watching, like, religiously the, the league anyway. I'm admitting this on a football podcast, by the way. Is this because Chelsea <laughs> hasn't been up there, though? If Chelsea had something to play for, you'd be watching... You'd be Probably. Watching but, like, even then, man... Match of the day and stuff. I haven't really been paying as much attention as I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, you kind of get me in the way the first six months you're sort of, oh, this is great. Week by week. And then the, the hype already sort of fades out towards yeah. the end. I remember, um, and COVID Premier League is a bit of an anomaly when you think back to it, but yeah. when we had COVID Premier League, there was a match on Friday night, I'm pretty sure. Saturday morning, Saturday 3 o'clock, there was two games, Saturday 3 o'clock, Saturday half five, then Saturday 8 o'clock yeah. and then Sunday it was 12, 2, 4 and 8 yeah. and then it was a Monday game so I think that's how the weekends were and I remember obviously like during lockdown, during Covid we had literally nothing else to do but to watch football and it was fun but it was great, no, it was <laughs> yeah. great. but come, come come Monday evening after that game was finished I was like Jesus, thank fuck that's on <laughs> a, nice, a nice break from football in general I think we have Ireland to look forward to which um, is a, a course in itself <laughs> Liverpool nil, Real Madrid won, Cran. Um, I'm probably not as upset about this as you might think. Yeah. I'm fairly defiant. I'm you, you know I'm like that in general. I'm fairly defiant after. Unfortunately, there has to be a winner and a loser in these scenarios. And Real Madrid, to their credit, fully deserved it. I would not say it was a fluke. There's just certain campaigns that the, the team has written to win it. Like yeah. Madrid's first game, the Champions League campaign, was against Sheriff at home. Yeah. And they lost. You know what I mean? And then they've they kinda of come come up against that adversity, came around, were defiant in these games, like it's just unbelievable and Carlo Ancelotti. And it's no surprise by the way that Madrid beat this Liverpool side. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest with you, I said it to you I think I said it to you the other day, like this is the same Carlo Ancelotti that took an Everton side who haven't won a Liverpool in thirty years with Andre Gomez, Abdelai de Corre and Tom Davis in midfield and won two 0 like like it's no it's no fluke here. Like Ancelotti knows exactly what he's doing. He's won the Champions League six times. 
in five over the span of five decades. He won as a player in the eighties with Milan and in the nineties with Milan. He won in two thousand three against Juventus on penalties, um, and. 2007 against Liverpool in Athens 2-1 as well and then obviously with Madrid against Atletico 4-1 and then on Saturday beating Liverpool 1-0 so it's I, to be honest with you I can't I can't fault Madrid at all and this is this is probably one of the reasons why I feel alright with our I kind of accepted it a bit better was because like Liverpool are Liverpool are so good right Liverpool are so good but Man City are one point better than Liverpool they win the league. There's nothing you can do about the team being better than you. There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. Liverpool go to the Champions League final. Liverpool, as I, again, have been so good in the Champions League all season. But Madrid have also been so good. And Madrid have won it in moments. They've won it in moments in the season where, like against Chelsea, you know what I mean, they came back. Against City, they came back in two minutes. You know what I mean? So, there's just teams. You will come against teams that are better than you and there's literally nothing you can do about it. And I can't, I can't fault... Madrid on the day I think they rattled us in the first half just touched on the game real quick yeah. they rattled us in the first half um, towards the end of it but they were nowhere near us really like, if you were looking at that as a neutral you'd go Liverpool will score here and they'll probably pick Madrid off Madrid get one chance around the 43rd minute Benzema slots it away and that should have been 1-0 that they should have been going in 1-0 at half time for me they've done that the whole campaign though this is, this is the point mm. they come out then the second half I think it was the 53rd or 54th minute they scored in but there was still that kind of tension in Liverpool's play and I think it was until the goal was scored that Liverpool kind of came out a bit more they're like well look there's nothing to lose now we, we have to go for um, and look at Vinicius lovely finish good play by Valverde on the left side um, I'd love to know what Robson was doing <laughs> pressing Modric in, the, in, in his half in the attacking toward him in Real Madrid's half but Madrid play out from the back, gets to Valverde, and Valverde crosses, and it's a lovely finish from, uh, it's a lovely finish, instinctive finish from Evans. He is off Trent. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Trent was probably one of the best players on the pitch that day as well. I don't think he gets a lot. Of, he gets a lot of grief for, um, he gets a lot of grief for um, defensive play and um, you know being aware of stuff. And I've seen someone say. That he didn't even look at Vinicius. He does look at Vinicius. He just doesn't react. He literally looks at Vinicius and goes, Ah, oh, shit. And like, Ah, oh, well, Virgil or Canate will cut it out. Yeah. And they don't. Outside, I think that's I think that's what he's trying to do as well. Mm. I think he was probably thinking a lot of what I can do without having to actually defend. And the goal goes in. Um, from Liverpool's point of view, 24 shots, 9 on target, 6 big chances. But I don't think they created enough clear chances to be honest with you I don't think they done enough Salah had probably we were talking about there the biggest chance where he could have hit it in well you were saying he could have hit it into the bottom left corner I think that's been a bit overcritical considering the touch he takes yeah. from the from the, from the sky um, he picks it out of the fucking air like um, on his right foot we've seen him do it before against, we've seen him do it against City at the time and he bleeding took them all on and he's done a few times for Liverpool where he, he kind of creates a chance on his own Courtois to the rescue again I think it was after this happened the cameras really found in on this but it was um, Militao and Alaba and Carvajal they were all over Courtois like I think this is that that save in particular was really when Madrid started to believe they were going to win and I think they've had moments like that throughout the tournament especially against Lee when Rodrigo scored that first goal they had all the younger players on like Camavinga Asensio Rodrigo himself and then you had the, like the old guard on the bench looking on in Modric, Cruz and even Benzema I don't think Benzema was on the pitch that, I know he was because he scored the penalty but they were all winning them on and I think they have these moments where they just believe and they believe they can win I think that was one there I don't think Diaz had his best game I think Valverde and Carvajal really really dealt well with him that's kind of the game itself Like it, there was part of the game where especially in the first half where I was thinking, and knowing how the games against City and Chelsea had gone, where they'd conceded rafts of goal goals against them, um, there was moments where I was thinking, like if Liverpool get one, this could be two or three nil, because Madrid weren't creating anything. You know what I mean? Now they look dangerous on the break, naturally enough, when that that long ball goes over to Vinicius, and you have Canate who was great on the day himself, trying to you know get around and defend against Vinicius. Um, but they didn't really create all that much until the this loud goal, which shouldn't have been this loud. And then obviously the goal, 
in the second half. I don't think they got past the halfway line much after that, but that that again's down to the likes of Dynewison. You know what I mean? That kind of experience in a big game where I think Modric gets the ball at one stage, drives at the Liverpool defence and goes, you know, do you know what? I'm going to turn back and pass it back here just to hold on to the ball and kind of frustrate Liverpool. And yeah, the final was what it was and I think it kind of follows a trend of finals that have been underwhelming. It's fair to say, like I know. Yeah, I was going to talk about it as a neutral. The very first half was very, very poor to watch. It was just sort of Madrid sitting back and Liverpool passing around the middle of the park and nothing really much going on in general. Um, apart from maybe the first few minutes, I think Mane hit the post and that was it. I can't really remember any highlights at the first half. I think half. Salah had a chance as well, didn't he? The ball right, came in from Trent and was it the right foot? Courtois gets down low. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a game full of tension, very cagey affair. Um, not the best final to watch. I always find the finals as well. It's always like this because there's a lot lying on the line yeah, yeah. there's a lot to play for um, I feel like the FA Cup final was a bit like that as well mm. um, and I think the Carabao was a bit better because obviously there's a lot less on the line with that one yeah but yeah I just feel like finals in general overrated I don't remember many good finals uh, I like the pageantry of it all I like the everything that goes right now I li- like last year I remember for for example we all went to the fingers after we and like I, I hate Chelsea whatever five of my being but on that day I was a Chelsea supporter for so like yourself Rory and Sennon. Um like it's nice to go and have a dog in the fight you know even if I, I'd rather he's lost but like I'd still like to see he's happy yeah. um, but that final was awful I remember the final after Covid with um, Bayern and PSG that was awful as well even going back to Liverpool and Spurs you know I think that game was dead I see when Salah scores a penalty because you know like Spurs aren't going to Spurs with a half for Harry Kane aren't going to break down Liverpool just to kind of finish it up here with the chat of the Premier League um, or not the chat of the Premier League the chat of the Champions League final Spanish teams in uh, European Cup finals since 2001 17 played Cran how many wins? 14 17 what? yeah Spanish team hasn't lost in the European final since um, it, we're playing against a non-Spanish team since 2001 That's which is crazy. unbelievable um, just to touch on Liverpool because it is a harsh end to the season for us it could have gone so much better you know what I mean in terms of you know winning trophies but I think for me in any ways I don't have any regrets for the season with Liverpool I, I really like it was my favourite season watching Liverpool play I think a lot of it was down to Covid being gone and I think that, that those 63 games when looking back on it and as much fun as we had and as tired as I am, haven't watched been been a nervous wreck and losing years of my life watching Liverpool over the past while. I think ultimately the sixty three games is probably too much for Liverpool in the end. And I think a lot of that showed in the final. I think we looked tired. I think Thiago particularly in the second half looked very leggy. Um and we just couldn't get the job done. But as I said, no no qualms from me from the season. I think Man City completely deserved the Premier League and Real Madrid fully deserving of the Champions League as well. No quads either. No quads. <laughs> I was gonna say the the two the two cups that Klopp did have, he got so. Ah, oh, it's still a great season. I think yeah. anyone who's anyone who disagrees, um, you know what I mean. I think they're just the height of. I disagree. Well, I know you would, <laughs> and you're the height of a contrary bastard. But um, <laughs> I think I think anyone who looks that season and objectively speaking and says it's not a great season, Liverpool really is a. Uh, Really is struggling <laughs> um, personally, but um, look, I don't have to get into talking about Divock Origi too much because everyone who listens knows how much I love him. Um, he's gonna really be missed, not just for Liverpool, the team, but I think Liverpool around the city has a he has a scholarship in the University of Liverpool. I can I safely say he's my favorite footballer ever. He's given me moments that no other footballer has. Yeah, God bless you, Divock. So we move on. Grant to um, we'll start off with the Conference League final I suppose Roma won fine or nil if you were listening to the show last week you will have heard us watching the game a bit I don't think the first half was too great so we didn't talk about it a whole lot but um, yeah another another European trophy for Jose Mourinho his fifth I want to say I think it's his fifth European trophy so hell of a hell of a feat by him but um, yeah well deserved not according to Brian Kerr no, according to Brian Kerr. <laughs> Who absolutely scalded Mourinho at the end of the game. 
needlessly to be honest saying it was anti-football and that he's a disgrace to the game and all this rubbish so uh, bitter yeah I didn't like it at all I, no I, need for it it was, it was uncalled for and you can call the game on Saturday anti-football if you're going to call Mourinho anti-football yeah, I, what, what he his game plan in the conference league was exactly the same as Ancelotti hmm. and uh, yeah I'd say there's a lot of praise for Ancelotti out there that didn't go for Mourinho in Brian Kerr's book mm. you know what I mean I think the only the only difference there that you could make argument you could make is the fact that Ancelotti's beaten four of the best teams in Europe while uh, Mourinho's beaten Bodo Glimt and Feyenoord on his way but it doesn't take away from it it's a European trophy I, 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 said, I think I put a tweet out on uh, Twitter I don't know why Brian Kerr was so bitter about it the um, Europa League final crown Rangers won Eintracht won Eintracht went on penalties and it was, do you know what? Another awful game, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I think that's the nature of finals, though, because they are kind of tense. Rangers nearly had it. They nearly had it. Uh, Bore definitely was rubbing it in the faces of the Rangers fans at the end when he scored a winning penalty as well. He was loving it. He's he was really loving well. it. <laughs> as the we. penalties from Eintracht were unbelievable. Like you could Top see, corner. you could see they were practicing them. Um, almost preparing for them. Um, there was one fella who never took a penalty before. I can't remember. Scored. Yeah. I don't know who it was now. Yeah. Ramsey steps up, according to Chris Boyd, the biggest sign <laughs> in Scottish football history. Steps up and has a penalty saved. I think wasn't there? The hit post. Um, oh, saved. Easily as well. Mm, great win for Eintracht and um, their support throughout the season. I don't know whether we mentioned it one of the weeks on Euro Trash and Treasure, but it was away to Barcelona. And they had sold out half the stadium with Eintracht fans. And it was like a, a sea of a white wall. It was unbelievable. So I really like their home jersey. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Um, and yeah, great win for Eintracht in the end. And as I sat there on Sunday afternoon, I don't know whether you were watching this, but I was looking at the championship playoff, the EFL final. Nottingham Forest won, Huddersfield mm. nil. Um, I think it was a, a Yates goal or an own goal from some Donny from Huddersfield. Um but Forrest were great and I'm really happy to see them back up. They have some really, really talented players. I think uh, Garner, who's on loan from United, Ryan Yates is uh, Forrest Academy, Jed Spence, who I don't know who he plays for now, but he's definitely, I think Forrest have to sign him for, I don't. I think he was only on loan at Forrest. Joe Worrell, who was, um, again, not in Forrest Academy, he's a good centre-half. And Bryce Samba in goal, who was a bit of a character. He saved a lot of penalties in the semi-final. He's another good player. He actually, he's, he was probably, I watched the semi-final, mm. the penalties, as I said. He was unbelievable in that shooter. Mm. <laughs> and he has, like, I think it's good to have players like him in the Premier League next season. And I don't know if you've seen the graphic of the Premier League next season, but it looks like it could be one of the best Premier League seasons ever, just by by proxy of the teams that are involved, which is, um, which is good for us. Like, I think Forrest and Leicester, Next season, that's a bit of a derby, and that's a bit of a, a hateful derby. So that would be good to see. No, um, no, 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 no more Norwich. No, <laughs> no, no. Hopefully Norwich are gone, and hopefully they stay down. Just put them down. Just deal you sell the club. Looks like them and Borny. Um, the twenty fourth of September, Cran, two thousand twenty one. Um, Cooper, Lee Cooper, I think his name takes over Nottingham Forest they were at the bottom of the table four points from eight games 29th of May 2022 he leads Nottingham Forest back to the Premier League Yeah. for the first time in 23 years what a job he's done Um, I don't know if you've seen this man but he's the fucking image of Ned Schneebly from School of Rock like I mean Schneebly Schneebly he is the image I'm gonna get a picture up now he is That's a, a show. He's a spitting image of Ned Schneebly. What a film <laughs> the skill of rock is, by the way, while we're here real quick. He has the body language of him as well. Yeah, no, he actually like he looks like he looks like Ned Schneebly so much like I look at it's oh there we go. It's one of those things. It's one of those things. That's the, so he's close. the image of Ned Schneebly. Um Steve Cooper, sorry, not Lee Cooper, Steve Cooper. Um he's the image of Ned Schneebly, but he's had a bit of in, in the playoffs <laughs> in recent years in in 2019-2020, he lost in the semi-finals with Swansea against Brentford. Last season, he lost in the final of the playoffs against Brentford. And this season, tour time lucky. School of Rock! 
gets him through to the Premier League. I want to achieve what it is. I'm just envisioning the the joke every week next season. Of us saying next league <laughs> he gets the win. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but remember we had throughout the season we had Colin Hassan who was someone who works on a cruise ship like because he's wearing the waistcoat. He's been so. It was a Hassan who was it? Yeah, he's been so relevant <laughs> since. I think he started wearing a tracksuit as well. The prick. But yeah, that's that. That's the finals. The finals for the finale episode of the OnlyFans football podcast. How fitting. So Adzi, their last Hall of Fame. Last Hall of Fame of the season. But so this week, Kieran, I'm gonna kick us off, and it was something that got me in the Friday mood, that Friday feeling. Um, was Calvin Harris's new song "Potion" of the second installment of Funk Waves with uh, Dua Lipa and Young Tug? It's called "Potion." It's a very sexual song. You were listening to it last night coming home from work, but it's an absolute tune, and it is. It is. You look up the. You look up somewhere in the dictionary in the Shazam dictionary. And a video of uh, Julie with Calvin Harris and Young Tug come up because it's an absolute tune. So I'm going to give my Hall of Fame this week to a uh, potion by Calvin Harris, Julie and Young Tug. Crown your Hall of Fame, the last Hall of Fame of the season. Well, Adi, to coincide with your uh, your decision to put a love song in of summer, I've nominated Brian Adams is heaven. Oh, in my <laughs> Baby, you're all that I want. I mean, when you're lying here in my. I don't own. think people know that Brian Adams sang that song. Like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But I love that I song. I thought DJ Cameo was gonna come out or something when I heard that. Like, <laughs> Auntie, I can't believe he sings it, and I absolutely love that song. And it it was just a major throwback, you know, that from my childhood yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it Being needs. Being the big Brian Adams fan here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brian Adams. Heaven versus Calvin Harris potion with Julie. Do you know what? We'll finish off with the Ultimate Premier League XI before we get on to the top five moments because I think I think the top five moments could bring a bit of emotion. Yeah. Um. So so the team so far for anybody who's listening who's followed throughout the season is and thanks everyone for following because like this these all came into thank you. It wasn't just us that picked it. Like I literally. Yeah. I have it. I have it on my laptop. It's a, an Excel spreadsheet of a points scoring system. But um, per check an algorithm sort. Yeah, well, essentially, per check Cran was the goalkeeper that we all agreed on. I say we all, everyone who voted. The back four of Gary Neville, Nemanja Vidic, um, John Terry, and Ashley Cole is your back four. The midfield of Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Wow, which was a lot of people's one and two. Like a lot of people had picked Gerard one, Lampard two, and vice versa. Mm. Mohamed Salah is your right winger. I don't think there was, I think everyone, bar you maybe, picked him as number one, which isn't surprising. Um, and the, le- the left wing crown position, um, we had to put a poll up today between Ryan Giggs and Eden Hazard because they both drew, would you believe? Um, and looking at the poll right now, the leader is Eden Hazard, so that's who's going in. The team so far, Cran, is Perchek, Gary Neville, Nemanja Vidic, John Terry, Ashley Cole, Mohamed Salah, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Eden Hazard. And then the two strikers, which if we can agree on them now, we'll just have it out and say this is what our, our two strikers are. My number five, Cran, Luis Suarez. Wow. For Liverpool, 110 appearances, 69 goals, shagger, 23 <laughs> assists. Um, he he did win anything with Liverpool barring the League Cup which probably doesn't he probably doesn't deserve it but I think this fit position is quite non-consequential but you look at his career elsewhere you know he won the Eredivisie with Ajax he won four La Ligas with Barcelona he won the Champions League with Barcelona the Club World Cup in the same season he won the league with Atletico Madrid last season when Barcelona got rid of him they said you know what you're too old Luis Suarez he was like no I'm not and he won the league with let go but back to the Premier League he was in the Premier League team of the year in two of his four two of his three seasons in two of his three full seasons excuse me 2012-13 2013-14 he won the player of the year in 2013-14 the PFA players of the year sorry and then the football writers player of the year in the same season he's um, Barcelona's tour top scorer of all time which I think is fucking amazing really yeah. and just the, the main the main reason why I'm putting him in 
is for the 2013-14 season, which um, that was when Jared slipped. You know, I don't need to tell it, but you know. Um, Suarez that season, 33 games, 31 goals and 12 assists. Um, yeah, Luis Suarez, number five. Cran, you're number five. Yeah, I think a good shout for Suarez there as well. He was unbelievable for those three years at Liverpool or so. Um, so... Before I start this, a quick few honourable mentions for Jamie Vardy, who is very close to putting in to my top strikers. I think he is an incredibly underrated player, considering the last eight years of his career were his peak, mm. which is usually not the case. I think it's very impressive. And him ending up with, I think, 25 more goals than Didier Drogba, considering... He has played the same amount of games and has been in the Premier League the same in the years as Drogo was. Mm. Or less. I think that's crazy that he has 20 plus more goals than him. Yeah. And so yeah, moving on to another bright talent and one who is still playing. Uh, Kane. I'm going to give my number five to Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's very hard to ignore Harry Kane. He's only, I think, 80 goals off Shearer's record or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Kane... 282 games 183 goals 43 assists and he's had 5 20 plus goal seasons I don't think there's many players in Premier League history that have done that mm. um, I think only Henri Shearer and yeah despite not winning the 6 year wonder do you remember when he came in everyone was like he's a 1 year wonder yeah and it's just not true he's an absolute baller like he's a beast mm. I think he's going to easily break Shearer's record yeah. going forward it's very hard to ignore him as like part of the top five strikers because he's already in the That's top five so all time scorers do you think he will ever win anything though do you, I think because like I know Suarez didn't win the Premier League so it's a valid argument to say well Suarez shouldn't be there which I would accept but I think with Kane especially because he's still young he's still relatively young do you think he needs to make a move well, he's not going to move to City now because they've got Haaland so the only other option really is stick with Spurs and hope Conte works his magic move to Chelsea or move to Liverpool because I think, I think they're the only teams that can really compete at any kind of level at the minute number four Andy. number four Sergio Aguero I think it's fairly easy to understand why he had the Aguero <laughs> um, yeah. 275 appearances 184 goals 47 assists assists excuse me in the Premier League he won five Premier League trophies 2011 12, 2013 14, 2017 18, 2018 19, and 2020 21. He won the FA Cup once in 18 19. He's won six league cups. I'm not going to go through the years because it's like six years in a row. Um, he has an Olympic gold medal what? with Argentina for football. Um, and he won the Premier League gold boot in 2014 15. He's only been in the team of the year twice, which I think is a bit harsh. I think Aguero is actually one of the most underrated strikers in the world to ever play in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, 2017, 18 and 2018, 19 were those seasons he was in team of the year but yeah Aguero what a player Um, that moment that goal against QPR will live long in the memory of everybody you know what I mean I think it's probably Martin Tyler's best work as a commentator and um, him and Kurt Angleball have gold medals so I had to I had to throw him in there <laughs> yeah um, that's a valid point with Aguero I have not put Aguero in controversially I've gone for Didier Drogba as my number four. Mm-hmm. Um, Drogba, 254 games, 104 goals, 55 assists, two golden boots, as he, and two 20-plus goal seasons. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, for me, Drogba was that focal point that Chelsea have been missing for the last 10 years now. Mm-hmm. He was the man who did all the dirty work. Um, not necessarily... A striker, striker, one that would show up every game, but someone who would do all the hold-up play to bring other players into the game, the likes of Frank Lampard, the likes of Anelka, playing beside him, who also had a 20-goal season or two. Uh, Nicholas Anelka, kind of underrated. Um, and Kalu as well. I think when... Kalu Drogba- was very underrated. I used oh, to like man. Kalu. Kalu was so good. Um, when Drogba was holding that ball up and getting other players into the game, Chelsea were scoring plenty of goals and that's something we don't see nowadays with Chelsea we don't see them scoring many goals because we don't have that focal point and that is something that Diego Costa bring as well back in the day you know someone who 
grabs the ball, keeps a hold of it, brings other players to the game. And that's always that's always been Chelsea's best way of playing. And I feel like we need to find a way to get back. So yeah, I was very grateful for Drogba and obviously that header in the Champions League final. I know that's nothing to do with the Premier League, but it's like, come on man. He was a big game player as well. And I feel like he still stood stood out more in cup finals and Champions League finals, but for me Drogba gets in it. As a Chelsea fan, he has to. There you go. Yeah. Um, my number three, Kieran, is uh, Wayne Rooney. He had two stints at Everton. And um, obviously his, his best time was at Man United. Um, huh? Snap. Oh, you have number three as well? Yeah. Um, 491 appearances, 208 goals, 103 assists. Um, won the Premier League five times. Won the FA Cup once, which is really surprising. I thought United would have won a few FA Cups during that time. Jeez, I can't speak anymore. League Cups, he's won three. He won the Champions League in 2007-08. He won the Europa League in 2016-17 and the World Cup in 2008 as well. He's been player of the year once in 2009-10. PFA team of the year three times in 05-06, 09-10, 11-12. And he's Manchester United's record scorer with 253 goals. In all competitions, yeah, which is astonishing. I um, think during that six-year tenure, about two thousand nine to twenty fifteen, Rooney was unbelievable. Mm. I think he, he was the best striker in the Premier League during that time. He kept he kept United going when Ronaldo left as well. Like I know you know yeah. how they had an embarrassment of riches at that time with the likes of you know Berbatov, um, Tevez. Like they had got great players. You know even Luis Saha when he was there as well was a wonderful and striker while we're here he's my number three as well so yeah. we might as well just skip to number two but. Um, just another another thing about Rooney is he's the most Premier League seasons reaching double figures which is 12 which I think is very interesting yeah. which is something that Kane could probably break thinking about Harry Kane and he has he's the all time leading top scorer in the Manchester Derby as well but um, that goal against Manchester City remember the overhead oh. people were giving out saying his shin it was a fucking great goal yeah Unbelievable goal um, from Rooney, but um, he couldn't yeah. do that now. I'd say, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I was about to say he's never won the Golden Boot. I find that amazing. Yeah, considering he's been one of the greatest strikers, and to get two hundred eight goals and to never win the Golden Boot is a bit yeah. strange. Well, I think the level of striker around that time was good with likes Van Rijn, Shearer, moving on, Drogba, Aguero. Um, there was great. I think Lampard won the Golden Boot once as well, one side and Gerrard as well. So. Yeah. You're talking about goals coming from everywhere. But my number two, Kieran, is um, Thierry Henry of Arsenal. Um, 258 appearances, 175 goals, 74 assists. Um, he's won the Premier League twice in 2001, 2002, 2003 and 2004. Um, the FA Cup twice in 0102 and 03 The Champions League with Barcelona and the World Club Cup, World Club Cup excuse me, with Barcelona as well. He won the World Cup, Cran with France in 98 and the Euros in 2000 he was obviously a part of the invincible season as well he was in the PFA team of the year six times yeah. and he won the golden boot four times and he won player of the season twice like this is the level of player talking about Thierry Henry um, and while I'm talking about him he probably is and this is probably a bit contradictory because he's not number one mm. but I think overall general player I think he's probably the best Premier League player ever I'm just going to put a little spoiler alert I have him number one mm. and you probably have my number one number two do you? yeah <laughs> so we'll move on to Shearer yeah Alan Shearer I'll talk about him sure yeah, um, yeah go ahead 444 sorry 441 games for Shearer 260 goals 64 assists 3 golden boots had he um, Shearer was unbelievable and Shearer also had 7 career 20 plus goal seasons I mm. find that impeccable I think that's the most anyone's ever had and I think Kane might beat that as I said but yeah only one Premier League title for Shearer at Blackburn but I think for the caliber 12 goals for Blackburn as well which is I, I, I find it baffling that he didn't win as much trophies like mm. but obviously he wasn't that it's similar I think it's very similar to the Kane situation he's not a good side with yeah. a good manager at the right time. I think what well, I think the thing with with Shearer was especially because he he started there with Southampton of course and he, he twenty three goals for them. Yeah, got the move to Blackburn, 
Blackburn got taken over. You know, they had a lot of investment at the time. A bit like Man City, it's, it's the nature of football. Um, I've, I've done it now, so I don't care. Now, you have to bear in mind as well, he had a lot of injuries in his career. So he did miss quite a lot of football during that time, um, which I think he's talked about himself. Like, he played until he was 38, I think. Like, he played for a long time and at the highest level. And I think for himself, he was happy playing for Newcastle because that was his boyhood club. Yeah. And I don't think you can take that away from the man. Um, it's I so think romantic, isn't it? It is. And he, do you know what? I think he got offers off United a couple of times as well. And I think he explicitly told Fergie to fuck off. He definitely got in fights with Roy Keane as well. So, I have a lot of time for Alan Shearer. And good pundit as well, I think. He is a good pundit. I do yeah. enjoy his punditry. And I think just based off the fact that we both have Henri and Shearer, one and two. Yeah. That's our strikers. Yeah. So, that's our team. Um, and if you could have, I put it to the only fans faithful earlier, Kieran, and I'll run through a few of these now. Um, but you can have one substitution, Kran, in the Premier League. Um, now... You can pick anyone. I'm not saying don't pick whoever, pick whoever you want. But I think the nature of this has to be someone who is actually notorious for being a substitution. You know what I mean? So, like, we have a lot of United fans talking about it. But, you know, David Murray, a United fan, he says Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because yeah. Solskjaer came on and scored penalties. Or scored goals as a substitution. We have Connell of the bar, bar stoolers. So he said Drogba, which I get. To an extent, because Drogba was a clutch player, especially in finals, um, he said he was overrated to a degree. But we won't we won't talk about that, Kieran. He wasn't. Um, <laughs> and then Carl, shout, shout out to Carl, <laughs> shout out to Carl from work, who said uh, Javier Hernandez. So you know who I'm gonna give it to, Kieran. You know I'm gonna give my substitution to Divock Origi. Yeah. Um, the romanticism he now there was two people who said Divock Origi as well, two Liverpool supporters. Dave was one of them, obviously. Um, so I'll let you decide who you want to put in as a substitute player. Um, but I think when all is said I, and done, we're going to go with Divock Rigi. <laughs> yeah. Pick who you want. I think for me, as a Chelsea fan, it's between John Obi Mikel and Michi Batshuayi. Batshuayi? Yeah. I think I'm going to go for Michi Batshuayi well, as a super sub. And what, is had, that because he got the goal against West Brom, was it? It is that, but also he had a lot of clutch games. Those two games he played really well and was Atletico away, mm. scored the winner that time, 93rd minute. Yeah. Um, you also had the Ajax away game as well in the Champions League campaign, and then you had also the West Brom. So I give it to Batchway, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. And that's our ultimate OnlyFans football podcast Premier League team of all time. And. Thanks to everyone who got involved. All the points were definitely taken into into consideration. We didn't just pick this team ourselves. We did use everyone's point of view and we really do appreciate it. It's given us some great content, thankfully, <laughs> to work through the season. Um, but yeah, we appreciate everyone getting involved. We move on, Cran, to our last segment of the series. Of Series 1. Um, this could be it. You don't know. Um, we're going to go with our top five moments of the season I'll let you kick us off Kieran, with our top five moments of the season yeah Ivan Tony I've given it my number five for the most ludicrous moment of the season I think okay. when he said fuck Brentford twice yeah basically the the first time was an actual fuck Brentford mm. and the second time was the Forex trader when the Forex trader was unbelievable when he was talking shy about Brentford mm. and I find that to be the most ludicrous moment in my opinion, off the pitch, um, I uh, there probably is a few, but I'm going to give it to Ivan Tony. I, t- I, I don't understand the slander against one's own club. Yeah, it was a bit of a mad one, wasn't it? I think we said at the time, are we still Tony fans? Um, and I think we are. To be fair, I I think he's been great since those comments. Like his performance hasn't dipped or anything, and he still gives it everything. But at the time, we were like, what are you doing? Like, why? First of all, why are you on a cruise and I beat the gone? Fuck Brentford. It's like, come on, me. And then the second one, the Forex trader. And man's like, who do you play for? He's like, oh, you wouldn't know them. It's just so disrespectful. Nothing special. Nothing special. And Brentford are quite a special club as well. Yeah. I would fully disagree with him there. My number five moment, crown of the season, harkens back to the earlier episodes of OnlyFans. Um, and it was, I remember, it was after Liverpool had drawn with Chelsea 
in Anfield. Um, and it was Chelsea going a man down, wasn't it? And getting a man sent off at half time. And I remember being frustrated after the game because we didn't kind of win the game. Obviously, like he's our man down for a whole half yeah. with the quality Liverpool have, and we couldn't break his down. And it was a great, staunch defensive performance from Chelsea in the second half. But I remember saying to you on the episode that week, I said, oh, I would love Liverpool just to sign an out and out striker. And this was the fourth week of the Champions League. An out and out striker, just someone who will put the ball in the back of the net, a big man, someone you can throw on with 20 minutes left. He's happy to score a few goals, not play a whole lot. A bit like Origi, but a bit better than Origi. And the name I gave you, Kieran, I hope you can remember. Do you not remember? I do, Seth Haller. Sebastian Haller. Um, and what does he do that week? The first game week of the Champions League against Sport Lisbon. Four goals. Four goals. <laughs> I've never felt more vindicated <laughs> in my life to an extent regarding Definitely football. A flu. It wasn't all a flu. It wasn't all a flu. I remember when he was playing for West Ham. He scored. He scored two overheads for West Ham. Like people just forget these things, um, and it obviously it gave birth to the oh la 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 Sebastian Haller, and I was going to tie this in, Crown, with our trip to Amsterdam because that was something I really enjoyed. What was his name again? Oh, we called him. I don't know what we called him actually. Jasper. Jasper. Yeah, Jasper. The the Ajax toy. Um, who told us he was shit? Haller, he told us Haller was shit. He's going to Inter Milan, and we were like, "Oh man, you you definitely don't listen to our podcast." And anyways, as if it, as if we thought it'd have reached Amsterdam. But yeah, Sebastian Haller again, four goals against Sporting Lisbon, is my fifth moment, best moment of the season. Your fourth, Kieran. My fourth best moment goes to the Ronaldo versus Ireland game. Oh. I don't know if you remember this back in October was it 2-0 was in Faro it was 2-0 to Ireland or two, or sorry it was 1-0 to it Ireland it was 1-0 to Ireland yeah John Egan got yeah. the goal yeah yeah we were 1-0 up putting in a great performance and oh. Ronaldo pops up 85th scores 94th scores takes his top off oh. celebrates I remember being in the halfway house at the time sculling down points and we were all over the moon that Ireland were actually putting in a great performance yeah decent performance little did we know in the last 10 minutes it would be taken from us yeah. and Ronaldo basically sinking our World Cup hopes I think it was a very special moment but a slim World Cup hopes we had at the time they would have they would have been there if we had won that game in my opinion yeah but it was it was very disappointing have, seeing Ronaldo do that to us but also I think a great moment a great character build moment a bazoon save as well the Bazunu save with the penalty, yeah. yeah I think that, that was really. that was one of the games of the season, in my opinion, in my book. Yeah. There you go. My number four moment of the season, Cran, comes from December the 4th, I want to say. Um, I had spent the morning Christmas shopping with Cottle. Not Cottle that we work with, Cottle Brennan. He's, he's a big listener to the podcast. Um, shout out Cottle that we work shout with. Shout out to the two Cottles, yeah. yeah I, said it, I said Cottle with the Javé Hernandez show earlier. Cottle was listening the other day. He was, and he was buzzing with it, so we appreciate that. But, um, yeah, Cottle, Cottle B. We went out shopping for Christmas and we, we came home and West Ham were playing Chelsea. You remember the mad game? I think it was 3-2 West Ham. But that's not where this moment lies. It was um, the trials and tribulations I had finding Liverpool on Wolves on my fucking fire stick. Just for the love of money, I couldn't find it. And I, felt, I, I remember telling the story, you weren't on the podcast that week because... Chelsea had lost. Dave stepped no, in. No, that wasn't the reason. I was busy. You, know, you were busy. Chelsea had lost and you were busy. Um, so Dave fun. stepped in. Um, I found it on a Portuguese stream. And it was the worst decision I could have made ever. I was tired from shopping. I was watching Portuguese fucking TV. Watching Wolves against Liverpool. And obviously Portuguese B essentially plays for Wolves. And it was it was like a love fest for Wolves the whole game. And Origi hadn't really played up till now. He hadn't really featured too much till then. And he just reminded us all of why he was a Liverpool legend. You know what I mean? He comes on, gets the goal. And I was said it on the show, like the Portuguese commentators were going mad. <laughs> Every time Wolves got out of half. Never mind made a chance, got out of fucking half. It was the manager, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Origi scores. And it was like, I mean, you get more atmosphere in a funeral home when he scored. They just weren't, they weren't happy at all about it. Um, and I was running around the sitting room going mad going I love you Timok never leave never leave but yeah that was that's and he left 
and he well, I mean, I don't think he explicitly left. I think his contract just went no, out. No, he left because of that. Yeah, but he left because of me. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's my top fourth <laughs> moment of the season, Cram. Your third moment of the season, Cram. My third moment of the season goes to buying the Lukaku scarf in London. Oh, God. That weekend, I think it was midweek, actually. We went over on the 28th of December. It was a nice little Christmas present, Adzi. Was it your birthday present? Oh, well, 24th of so yeah, 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 yeah. But it was at Christmas. It happened yeah, to be around yeah, Christmas yeah. time. It was a nice trip to London. Lovely uh, a day or two there. And I was enjoying the city so far. Then the game happened. and uh, Point to Calvert, by the way. Shout out to Omicron. Shout out to Omicron. It was tied to COVID and I think I might have caught it on the way back but I made the wise decision to buy a scarf outside the ground. You know, there were some Mason Mount ones going around, there were some Reese James ones and I made the wise decision to buy a Lukaku scarf. Lukaku Super Blues and Chelsea. Little did I know, he scored that night, made it 1-0. Welbeck scores the equaliser, one all. Next day, I'm on the, the tube coming home I'm on the way home. I'm going to the airport. Luton. Shout out to Luton Airport. Shout out to Luton Airport. I'm on the way. We're The sound of the underground. We're on the underground. I'm going up the lift. Next thing you know, I see this thing. Lukaku comes out, slates Chelsea. Um, he says he wants to explicitly leave the club. All this, all this stuff going around. This report comes out middle of the season. Literally after we do it again. I go to Rory. I'm, I'm burning that Lukaku scare. I'm burning. I'm still going. I still have it, but yeah, it, it might get burned if he leaves. Shout out to Romelu. Give, <laughs> no, hit Kiran no, up, will you? Give no, me, give me no, a kiss. No. Um, my number three moment of the season, Cran, and I'm going back to my birthday here, the first of December. Yeah. Um, my debut in Tommy O'Gara's. I think it was unless I was there with Rory before, but uh, Liverpool Everton in Goodison Park, Agent Rafa. This was the best birthday present I could have asked for. The Merseyside Derby on my birthday. Um, and to be honest with you I had all the hallmarks of everything beating us just because it was my birthday and it was like I'm so cocky and arrogant towards everything where I just assume we'll beat them every time and obviously we, we beat them that time ended 4-1 to Liverpool <laughs> um, chance of Rafa Benitez as the half was ending as the game was ending and I was sitting there with the lads after myself Dave, Ian, Dill and Tom we were sitting there and I was going this is fucking great <laughs> This is great. Um, and there was a part of the game where we were, I think we were two to look, and Dave goes, This is ending 6 0, lads. This is ending 6 0. And as soon as he said that, everything scored to make it 2 1. And we're like, Dave, what are you doing? Obviously, we go on to win the game 4 1. Um, and I was raging that Rigi didn't come on because obviously he scores against everything. It's like, you know, the water, water is wet kind of thing. Um, and he didn't but then he scored against AC Milan and Wolves in the preceding week so it was alright but uh, yeah just a perfect birthday present and this was up there with the moment of my life never mind the season moment of my life sitting there with the people I love watching everything get battered it was great um, my number two Adzi goes to the Kovacic Folly versus oh, Liverpool yeah. I think this was my favourite game of the season just to watch and I think I remember distinctly remember calling you after that game because we weren't recording that week yeah and like we were buzzing after it was I think that was that New Year's Day or the day after New Year's Day yeah I think so I think it was yeah. it was a proper game of football wasn't it yeah it was unbelievable I just remember 2-0 Liverpool and then we were hopeless in the game I was like I was thinking to worry I was like oh this is this is over sort of thing Liverpool ain't going to succeed too <clears throat> lo and behold <laughs> Kovacic comes up with this wonder strike out of nowhere what bam? Honestly, um, it was like he—he uh, he was giving someone the sweet chin music. That's all it was like <laughs> to me. Uh, dip dipper over the keeper's head. Uh, I give it goal of the season. Fuck it, it is goal yeah, of the season. Yeah, it was great goal. Um, and yeah, and then Pulisic comes up again. Captain America. Just made for a great game, in my opinion. The first half, at least, was unbelievable. I'd say game of the season first half. The intensity in it was uh, yeah, unbelievable. And this was this was the game for Salah Mane were leaving as well. And there's only there's been two times where we've gone this season. We're not well. I mean, before you got busy with college, but before yeah. we went, we're not recording here because you know we don't want to. One was when you were going to Italy, and that plays a part in my next moment. And the second one was that. And we said, "Sure, like why don't we just record something now about the match?" And we never did. But it was a hell of a game of football. I think we were on a little Christmas break. We were, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, what a game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that gets my number two moment. My number two moment, Cran, comes from... And this was when we didn't record. And there's a whole lot of story behind this. Because you were going to Italy. Um, we were in the Barbers on the Friday. Do you mm. remember? We Well, you didn't get COVID. Rory gave me, Dave, sending COVID. Shout out to Senna. I'm glad he's still here after COVID. Because he had a bad... Glad he's still here. Yeah. In general. <laughs> um, and at that time, we didn't know we had it. So we were going about our life as normal. Because we felt grand. Um and I was in work on the Saturday I don't know who was on but it was definitely in three and on the Sunday it was Liverpool and United but we had had the following week's episode recorded because you were going to Italy um, and I think everything lost that day I think Chelsea might have dro- dropped points yeah. like it was the perfect weekend for me Like, and it comes to Sunday and I was like ah oh, come here this weekend can't get any better like United are going to turn us over here I, was, I just had that feeling of pessimism um, and we fucking beat them 5 0 at Old Trafford. Like, it was I remember that, yeah. the most surreal game of football I've ever seen in my life. And this was the first weekend the pubs had properly opened post COVID. That way, you could stay in the pub past 12 o'clock. I think we had a lock in the Mimas then and went to the living room for a few. But that, that whole that game, like, imagine saying to a Liverpool bar, you beat United 5 0 and 4 0. Um, and the season has been great. Like we're after beating our two biggest rivals, like smashing the two of them away from home. Um, oh, just oh, I'm I'm speechless taking it out because it's such a good weekend. And then the weeks that followed, that we all had COVID and we were fucked, but we're still alive. But yeah, your your top moment of the season, Cran. My top moment of the season, and I think this will universally be known as one of the greatest games Champions League history, in my opinion, or ties at least. Is the Rodrigo header versus City wow. the last minute winner? Mm. I think that was my favorite game to watch, and I think it is my favorite moment of the season. Anthony. Steve McMenamin was going. At least we'll have the best teams in the final: Liverpool and Man City. And I was half thinking, is this going to be Liverpool and Man City? Mm. But it definitely was. Like I, I wouldn't have thought that they were going to equalize or score the winner. Like mm. it was two minutes left in the game or something. Yeah. Lo and behold. The most bizarre moments of football. I think it's Rodrigo gets a t- tapping goal at the back post. Benzema does well. Squares it. Rodrigo taps it in. It's the last goal. Carvajal swings in the great cross. Mm. Rodrigo. Well, bam. And then they scored a penalty in extra time. I remember Mahrez scoring. And before all this had happened, see, he had so many chances to like put the game to bed. Jack Rillis had three chances, I think, to, to finish them off. And he just didn't. Cleared off the line. Cleared it? off the line. Courtois made a great save as well, actually. Yeah. Um, for one of them. Show for player of the tournament. My top moment of the season, Cran, um, comes from, and people might be surprised this, but comes from um, a draw in London rollover. <laughs> and I'm probably the only person to ever put that into a sentence ever. Um, Shell's second game of the season away to draw um, which is a bit of a spiritual ground for me. I'm not going to get into why, but it's a bit of a, a holds a nice place in my heart. And I remember going to the game, kind of being a bit emotional thing. I was like, fucking hell, I can't believe we're going back here after long time with COVID, you know, stopping us going to games. And kind of my last memory of dropping it was something that I really do cherish. And I remember going to the game and thinking, just win, just, just win the game. Get three points to start the season off, just win the game. Our second game of the season, our fourth away game of the season, and long behold, we got the win. You know what I mean? We got the two nil win, and it was the second goal. Mark Coyle to make it two nil got it, and he runs through a goal, puts it away, and instead of running to us, he runs at the Drada fans, and you know gives a get get it get it up you and all, and the Drada fans were going mad. But that was the weekend that Liverpool were playing Chelsea in the League Cup final. And obviously me and Dave, my ma, we went to London in quest for tickets. We didn't get any. But we had a great weekend in London at the Shard or whatever. And I, I told the story in the London special, if you want to listen back to it. But we ended up watching the League Cup final in the hotel bar. Big, huge, flat screen. And points of Stella. Drink Stella because Stella's lovely. Um, food galore. And we were having a great time. And... The game itself, like, I mean, we did say it was better than the FA Cup final because it was, but it still was a bit of a, like Miles finals, tense, cagey affair. Um, Chelsea had three goals, all ruled out for offside. 
Um, Liverpool had a goal reeled out for a foul of Reese James. I think if we're about being, you know, objective here, I've no problem with Lukaku's goal standing, and I don't think many people had a problem with Matip's goal standing either. But no. such was the refereeing of the game. So, um, yeah, and it gets the penalties, and obviously Quivine Kelleher in goal, Irishman from Cork, um, for Liverpool, the the second goalkeeper for Liverpool, um, and this this lovely group of people three a nice little family and I hope they hear this at some stage because this this is how they made me feel watching the game um, three a, a, a couple and a son and we were sitting there me and Dave you know I had a Liverpool t-shirt on with the Beatles cover um, saying champions it's uh, from Art of Football shout out to them give us a sponsor because um, we love your shit um, and they Not came literally. in, huh? Not literally. <laughs> they came in and they noticed us watching Liverpool and you know actively wanting Liverpool to win. And I'm all for being a shit house. You know what I mean? I am the biggest shit house there is at times. Um, but this yeah, fella, this fella just did not like us at all. Didn't like me, Dave, my ma. He heard our accents. He was like, "Oh, I don't like Irish people." He was a Tory. Mm-hmm. I think we said this. He was a definite Tory. Lots of them around. Yeah, and yeah, well, unfortunately, especially in London, and um, he wasn't having a bar of, of Liverpool kind of winning this game. And I remember, I remember at one stage said, "I hate Scouse scum," and that was a bit like, "Oh, okay." Now, if 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 he wasn't a Tory, he wouldn't say that kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, gets the penalties, and obviously, like it goes down to the keepers. And I was sitting there, and me had me hands was going, "Can I missing this?" But I don't know why I doubt him because obviously he scores. I'm sorry for saying this. I don't want you to really relive in this final, but this is my moment of the season for me. Um, Keller scores, and when he when when he scored, obviously me and Dave went mad because he had scored. And I heard your man saying under his breath, "I'm pretty sure he said something like fucking Irish scum." And I was like, oh. "I was like, oh. I was like, I've never wanted a player to miss a penalty more in my life. Not for winning the cup because like the league cup, it is what it is." It's not the biggest trophy in the world. It is a trophy, but it's not the biggest trophy. If we didn't win, you know what I mean. I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be that upset though. In comparison to like the Champions League, whatever. So Kepa steps up, and I don't have to tell you, but Kepa fucking fires over the bar. And when he did this, and there was groups of people there looking at us, looking at the game, and they knew they caught like some of the groups of people around us were like, "I hope Liverpool win because you want Liverpool to win." You know that kind of way, and. This couple beside us were looking at us like living the game vicariously through me, Dave, my ma. Like, we were nervous wrecks. Like, and I think they kind of seen that little family kind of like not having a bar of us. And when Liverpool won, I obviously went, Get the fuck in, screamed and shouted or whatever. And I went over to your man and I showed him my t shirt that said champions, Liverpool champions. And I said, Just like, we're the champions, yeah. And he just looked at me and he didn't say a word. And I think his wife copped on that I could hear what he was saying. And she goes, oh, very well done. I hope you have a great night. And then they left. But it wasn't even the fact that Liverpool had won. It was the fact that it felt like an anti-Irish man lost when an Irishman literally won the game for Liverpool and Kelleher. You know what I mean? And obviously kept a show to Spain helped out as well. But um, it was I, I've never felt kind of um, looked down on ever while supporting Liverpool ever and I've been watching Liverpool in like America and I've watched obviously in England all those times but that time felt very different yeah. and it kind of felt like he was having a bit of a personal attack at times by some of the things he was saying and when Kelleher scored and when obviously Kepa missed it was poetic and yeah I was I was quite happy and the rest of the London trip was great that helped as well my ma had a great time she loves all that yeah. touristy stuff but um that kind of weekend was a bit of a an emotional roller coaster in terms of a lot of different things and everything just kind of for once for once in my life everything just fell into place for me and uh yeah it was it was one of the moments of the season for me but yeah that's our that's our top five moments of the season cran and i think what, there was some nice ones in there there was and yeah. i think i think reflects the show well like in the sense of we try and give football through our lenses and you know at times we might cross heads and we might agree with things but at the end of the day we're just two young fellas two spoofers who like talking about football that's right 
in general. And, you know, we don't know where we're going to go from here. This could be it. This could be the, this could literally be the finale. Uh, no, the, I, I started this by saying I don't want to get hit by the wolves. I'll probably get hit by the wolves <laughs> at this point. It's the end. Um, but I just want to say, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, um, thanks to everyone who's listened throughout the, throughout the year. You know, we we literally wouldn't be doing this without people listening. Thanks for everyone for you know subscribing to everything we do, for getting involved with everything we do. Personally speaking, again, I haven't had a lot of consistency in my life recently with COVID and with everything that's happened. This has been one constant in my life. This has meant a lot doing this every week. And thanks everyone for listening. And, you know, if we come back, we come back. If we don't, we don't. But we've had a hell of a time doing it. And we have something special hopefully coming up next month. Um, and But where we go from there, we don't know. But we really do appreciate everyone listening. Thanks to everyone for getting involved and listening and for all the love and support. And yeah, hopefully we hear from you soon. And if not, thanks for being with us on this, this ride, Cran. Yeah, that's the season. That's it. It's like the end credits now. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we have a few guests lined up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube. Follow our Spotify. Follow our Instagram. Follow all our socials. And thank you very much to everyone. And thank you, Adzi. Yeah, thanks, Cran. Yeah. yeah, I really. This was a bit of a. <laughs> this was a, a, a pipe dream at one stage, wasn't it? And we're about 37, 38 episodes down. And okay, what happens from here, we don't know, but. Enjoyed most of them. I, I enjoyed. I know what I enjoyed on. <laughs> I'm only messing with the most of them. We'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.